I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, in this episode, we're going to be interviewing a broker and advisor. We're going to be speaking about the pros and cons of using a broker, and also what happens if you're using a broker and your business is listed on the broker's listing or directory for a year or more. What are some challenges, roadblocks to that? We'll get more into that. I'm Dave Kittle. This is the Dave Kittle Show, and I am the owner at Concierge Pain Relief Home Physical Therapy and the CEO of the Fieldmaker Group. And we are currently acquiring practices in New York and New Jersey. Today, we have Joseph Hertz on the podcast. He is a broker and advisor. He's also the president of Transworld Business Advisors of Five Towns and Jamaica. That's Jamaica, Queens in New York, but they also service owners across the country. So they're not limited to Queens. Joseph, good morning. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. We're going to go into what you do, how you help practice owners, business owners across the country in uh, brokering either on the, the sell side, representing the sellers, or sometimes even on the buyer side. We're going to focus today more on the the seller side, which would be the practice owner, the physical therapy business owner. Let's go into, first of all, what are you doing now on a day-to-day basis? A little bit about yourself and, and what you do with Transworld. Sure. So I've been with Transworld you know, for a number of years now and have a background prior to this in outbound sales and, and driving relationships. So on a day-to-day basis, we're focusing on working with sellers of businesses, often people retiring or relocating when they're looking to make the most important transaction of their life, essentially, and working with them to help them to get to the finish line, which is a potential exit for their business. Got it. So once you see, or if a business is listed for six months, nine months, 12 months or or longer, one of the things that you and I had connected over is I wanted to ask on the show here, do you see as a broker and as an advisor, do you see patterns of businesses that sell quickly versus businesses that stay on a broker's listing for 12 months or more? Sure, sure. So great question. And, and yeah, we have discussed it offline. You know, I think when a business is listed for a long period of time, let's say 12 months, and it hasn't sold yet, one of three options are true in terms of why that business is on the market for that long. Either the business is not good, the seller's expectations are not good or the broker is not good. And let me let me back up and explain what I mean by each one of those. The business not being good, this gets into the high level of what business brokerage, what it is to accomplish and sell a business, right? If there is no asset there and the seller of that business or the business owner has not created the processes and procedures and they're involved in every, every part of their business, it's very hard to then go and sell that to a buyer because transferring those relationships is uh, is difficult. And the more that you remove the owner from the business, the more that the that business owner has an asset that they're able to then sell and transfer to a potential buyer. So 
Some businesses are more like jobs in the broker lingo. What that means is essentially it's just producing an income, but it's not necessarily an asset that's easily sellable and transferable. So that's one thing I would point out. Number two is seller's expectations are unreasonable. So sometimes if someone has a business and and their price expectations are not within what's reasonable, that could preclude a sale. And then number three is the broker may not be good, right? If the broker is not marketing the business correctly, is not speaking to the proper buyers, and is not putting you know, the actual strategic value that that business brings and making sure to reach out to potential buyers that would be interested in that, those three things could preclude someone from selling and cause the business to sit you know, on the market. So let's touch on that last component. If the business is you know, financially not set up well, then it's, it could be improved, right? It's going to take some time. So it is what it is at that state. If the seller has expectations that are unrealistic, where they want like, they're going to say, I want a million dollars, I want $5 million. And they're just like, oftentimes we have heard of things like they're kind of choosing a number based off of like what they believe a comfortable retirement would require, as opposed to it being sure. correlated with the strength of the the financial strength of the business and along the just a bit of numbers that are market rate. For an owner that comes to you, and if they have these unrealistic expectations, do you also have to kind of coach them? Do you have to show them? First of all, do you, do you show them market comparables? Do you show them other maybe other deals that are either redacted or or public? That are like, okay, here's your, here's your similar size business and it's sold for this three times EBITDA or whatever to try to bring them back to earth. Do you have to show them comparables? Sure. So to answer that question first, yes, we certainly show them comparables. We'll show them the scientific or, or the high level way of valuing a business. But more importantly, it's about what similar businesses have sold. Similar to real estate, that's going to inform the value of, uh, of a business. But getting back to your question, the way that I view it when I meet a potential seller or a business owner for the first time who's considering selling within the near, within the short term, I view it sort of as a date, right? A first date. So when I go to meet them, they're looking at me and evaluating whether working with me will and working with someone in my office will give us give them the best chance of actually getting to the result that they want, which is obviously a potential sale. But my job as well is not to really convince them or change their mind about, you know, being reasonable about the valuation. We also want to evaluate, make sure that they're serious about selling and they're in touch with the valuation that drives their business. You know, I'll give you an example. If someone told you that they were selling a house and you showed them comparables and, and sort of laid out the picture for what the market looks like, if they then said, well, I think this, this house is worth a lot more because you can build a skyscraper on the land, you know, you would you would have a frank conversation and say, well, what's the unique value? What's the unique licenses or something that's involved that makes you different than every other house on the block? And I think a business is similar in the sense that looking at comparables will inform the valuation. And we want to have that conversation with the seller from the outset to make sure that both sides are aligned in terms of the valuation. So it makes sense, like super important for brokers and advisors to not just take any business owner that has the pulse so that they can just list a volume number of just any of these businesses and hope that's, you know, some of them sell and then they get some commission off of that. But you're actually doing some vetting and some some evaluating on the front end if these 
business owners are the right fit. If they have processes and procedures and things documented and you want to know, like, you probably want to know from the outset, is this even going to be worth your time or be appropriate? Because otherwise you could be doing a lot of connecting of potential buyers to this owner or to this potential deal. But if if it's not going to be appealing to buyers, then it would be really a waste of your time as well. Right. That's a great point. And you know, there's brokers out there who will take any listing, like you said, that has a pulse because they're looking for listings. But I think when, you know, after doing it for a number of years, you get the sense that you need to work with serious sellers and you need to work with businesses that are actually saleable. There's a stat that's that's pretty well well documented that the majority of businesses, as much as 80%, do not sell after being listed. So what that tells you is there's many aspects and many checkboxes, some of which we went through before, that need to check off in order for a business to sell. So as much as sellers and business owners want to work with the right broker, we certainly also want to work with the right seller because all we have is our time and making sure that we can get to the ultimate goal, which is accomplishing a sale for that seller. So in terms of that that high stat of 80 or so percent that the businesses that are listed never sell, it probably sure. comes back to the cluster of these things, right? The things that you mentioned. So the business is probably not ready to be sold where the owner steps out of it and it, everything is wrapped around that owner. That's one big way. That's one big reason. Another one is their expectations. They are probably shocked sometimes that their value based off of, you know, adjusted EBITDA after addbacks and they're thinking they're that they're going to sell for a multiple of revenue, but really it's a, a multiple of adjusted EBITDA. So they probably thought it was a bigger number. Then you might kind of come in and say, here's how your type of business is sold for in this market range. And they might be upset or shocked at that. And then also the other component of the broker, you said a broker or advisor not being good. So let me touch on that. How much of your work is... So you get a listing. Let's say it's someone listening, a, a physical therapy practice. You onboard them, you list their practice, you get to know them, you know, you, you vetted them and they vetted you. And so you move forward, you, you list it directly to your listing. What do you as a broker advisor, like if someone's listening and, and they were going to use you for representation, do you do marketing? Do you do outbound? Do you already know a lot of local or regional or national buyers? Like what types of things do you do as a broker or advisor to get more potential buyers to at least look at that potential therapy practice? Sure. Great question. So, you know, what I would say is selling a business is not like leasing a car, right? It's a transaction, and we approach this with you know with this mindset. For most of the business owners that we work with, this is maybe the largest transaction that they'll do in their life. Maybe second largest if their house is worth more. But it, it's it's their baby. They built it over decades. Typically, we're working with you know most of the business owners we work with are let's say fifty and above who are looking to sell. So this is a really large transaction for them. And would you go into a transaction? when it's your first time and it's most important or one of the most important transactions of your life, doing it for the first time, when it's one of the most complicated transactions that you can do, it's a lot more complicated than selling a piece of real estate. So what it gets back to, I think, is you know, the value that we provide is advice. It's certainly marketing. It's certainly you know, helping auction a business and getting, getting the highest possible valuation for the business. It's certainly knowing who to talk to and who the right buyer would be for their practice. 
all of those things are important. It's advising during due diligence. It's making sure all the terms in the contract are correct, obviously not as an attorney, but it's advising throughout that multi-month process of making sure that the deal gets to the finish line at the best possible you know, price and terms. But I think that's what it rolls into. It rolls up to, it's one of the most important transactions of a business owner's life and one of the most complicated. Would you want to do it yourself or do you want to work with someone who's done it tens, hundreds, many, many times and knows the different pitfalls to watch out? Got it. So, but does Transworld with your, I don't know if you have like a data room or, you know, just some data center with, you know, contacts and all that within your business in Transworld, do you have tens or dozens or hundreds or thousands of potential buyers sure. for different niches, different, you know, for, for example, healthcare and, and physical therapy? So you have right. that available. And then do you do cold email? Do you do cold LinkedIn? Do you do cold calling to try to get or maybe you already have these buyers, you just list it. And then you can see metrics of like this physical therapy business listing on Transworld has X amount, like 313 views today, or it's got a thousand views in the past three months, like actual like website views on this listing. Or you also have some folks, cause I know I was on Transworld and, and I can, you know, message, I put my contact information in and then it goes obviously right to that broker for any of the, transactions or deals that they're listing. So what are some of the things that you're doing either manually or with digital tools to try to get more buyers in the funnel to connect to this, the seller, the therapy seller, therapy, sure. owner, that's the seller. Sure. Great question. So I think what you were touching on is maybe the bar match program that we have within Transworld. And that's a great resource that we have so what it is, is for anyone who's not familiar, you can go to the Transworld website, tworld.com. You can sign up, find, let's say, physical therapy practices in a specific neighborhood, specific you know, price point or revenue. And then you can be notified as new listings come in. You know, Transworld as a whole is over 300 offices, 700 brokers and agents. So we're a large organization. And when businesses come up, you'll be notified as they arise. So... At a high level, we're reaching out to three different types of buyers. We're reaching out to your individual investor, physical therapist who wants to buy a new practice. We're reaching out to strategic strategic buyers, and that's someone who may own a physical therapy practice, is doing a roll-up or something like that, or private equity, which is just more of an investment group, but similar to strategic buyers. But we're reaching out to those, those buyers. And what we help potential seller we're doing is we're marketing the business in many ways. We're using the newsletter that we send out to thousands of buyers. We're using the buyer match. We're tracking, we're sending it out to hundreds of websites to make sure that the business is listed in as many places as possible. Where are you listing? Because I know I fear Transworld would want to have that like proprietary listing. So you're listing it on other broker websites like Biz Buy Sell or what are some other places? But it really, it probably links back to Transworld, right? Right. So it does link back to, to Transworld. And, you know, just BizBuySell is a little bit different than Transworld in the sense that it's not a proprietary website. BizBuySell is more, you can view it as sort of an exchange, right? So many business brokers list their businesses there and they sort of uh, conglomerate, let's say, those, all those listings, but it then ties back to Transworld. So on TWorld, TWorld.com, you'll only find Transworld listings. But on BizBuySell, BusinessBroker.net, and many other websites, you'll find many deals 
that are listed by any broker or any owner that's looking to sell. Got it. Does a therapy practice or a business that you're speaking with, a practice owner, do they have to be a certain size before you might reach out to some of the bigger buyers like private equity? Like maybe they, some of these private equity firms may only want you to contact them if it's, you know, 5 million and above or 8 million or 10 million and above. Like, is there some, you know, number, some reasonable number there? Like they probably don't want to look at something under a million dollar purchase price and, and maybe it's north of 5 million, maybe it's north of 8 million. Sure. So typically, strategics and private equity groups get interested when the EBITDA is over a million dollars or in that range. But that really will still depend on the industry. So sometimes, for example, in the HVAC industry or in the home healthcare industry, strategic buyers are interested even at a lower level because they may be looking to, to roll up practices in a specific state or something like that. So physical therapy definitely has a lot of demand. And there are a number of buyers out there. So that wouldn't be fast and true. But again, it's it's about some of the other intangibles of the business, how set up it is for as an asset to be transferred, how involved the owner is. So some of those other things we're going to analyze to say, who's the right buyer for this potential practice? Do you have any stories where a business owner, practice owner was working with you in the beginning? Maybe they had some unrealistic expectations in regards to the price and terms, and they seemed very dead set on that initially. And then do you have any anonymous case studies where you were able to kind of show them what's a realistic price and then then it actually worked out well? Or maybe not. Maybe, maybe, sure. maybe, there, maybe there are no stories that you have like that. No, we have, we have many stories like that. You know, as much as I was saying, we qualify sellers when they're coming in and they're qualifying us, of course. There's always going to market and you may want to be aggressive coming to market, right? To see what the market can actually bear. You know, there's going to be a range for the valuation that a business, you know, can get. So what I would say is I don't have any specific stories, but when we're working with the business owner, we're bringing it to market. We're in touch with them on a weekly or maybe bi-weekly basis, telling them this is the number of buyers that have signed NDAs. This is the number of buyers that have seen your, you know, some details about your business. This is how many views we've had. And we're taking a very data-driven approach to say, if many viewers have seen your business, but they haven't reached out to the next step to signing an NDA, there's a problem somewhere. So we need to revise the listings. We need to revise the price. We need to, to do some CPR on that listing to make sure that they're actually moving from one stage to another, because it's all a pipeline, right? They see the listing, they sign the NDA, they see the package, and we're constantly monitoring that pipe to make sure that there's no blockage anywhere there. And we're bringing that data-driven approach and saying, bring those statistics to the business owner. And the bulls in their court, if we want to adjust the price, you know, we can change some of the terms, but we're going to give them as much factual evidence to give them to, to help them make that decision. We'll give our advice, we'll give them the evidence. And then we'll, you know, we'll go from there. So, you know, we we really try to be as in touch as possible with the market and respond to the market to make sure that we're getting them the results that they want. Once you have a practice owner where there's a listing under, you know, within your domain, how do you keep them apprised of, do you do weekly calls? Is it, you know, a, a phone call or Zoom call every week, every two weeks? Obviously, it'll probably be more communication if you get a potential buyer or multiple buyers signing NDAs, and then, and then of course, you're speaking with the practice owner, the business owner more if 
one of those, one or more of them send like a term sheet or an LOI, a, a letter of intent, then of course, you're probably talking more. So for any practice owner that's listening out there, can you give an idea of like the cadence or the frequency of communicating as something like that gets more serious? There's, you know, something signed, it, it gets a little, you're getting further down into the weeds. Are you speaking with them the daily? Is it weekly? Maybe it depends on the owner's responsiveness and how serious it's getting from just some NDA signs and now potential offers? So like you said, it really depends where they are in the stage. So initial stage when we're just marketing a business, it can be weekly, it can be bi-weekly, but we're certainly going to be in touch at the very least within every every bi-weekly to give them updates on where the listing is up to and how many buyers have reached out as, you know, as we were talking about. As things get more serious, an LOI is submitted, we're going to be in touch much more frequently. And at that point, they're going to have their acquisition team in place. So we'll help them if they need help with getting the right attorney, getting the right accountant to help them with due, with due diligence and with going through the process of getting to an acquisition. But we'll be in touch with everyone from their team as frequently as possible to get the deal over the finish line. And I would say, sure, it, gets, it can be daily, depending on how intense and what stage things are up to. Excellent. Well, um, we'll wrap up shortly because I know you're busy and I'm busy and I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I would love to have you come back and we can certainly dive deeper into uh, certain topics. For anyone that's listening, any audience member, what's the best place for them to reach out to you? Either, you know, is it LinkedIn, email address, the listing, you know, your profile on Transworld? What, what's the best place for someone that likes what you have to say on this interview, this chat here? They want to reach out to you and learn more about how you help them, how you could help them, how you help physical therapy practice owners, uh, therapy business owners across the country? What's a good place for them to contact you? Sure. So you can reach out to me any one of those ways. LinkedIn is fine. I'm Joseph Hertz on LinkedIn. My email is jhertz at tworld.com or 516-535-9690, extension 700. And I look forward to talking to anyone who uh, you know who's interested in talking further. Excellent. So when we have you come back, we'll, we'll discuss that for this other topics. We'd love to have you come back and discuss a little bit more of a, like a surgical approach to, it could be deal terms, EBITDA, just EBITDA, ad backs, things that you specifically help a lot of therapy business owners with, a lot of uh, service-based business owners with, anything like that. We would love to have you come back. Uh, guys, go ahead and check out Joseph Hertz. Again, I don't get any any commission, no cut, no affiliate fee, reach out to these brokers. We're having them come on here to uh, share their expertise and show you some of the professionals, the brokers, the advisors that are in this world, as Joseph said in the pre-interview, in this ecosystem, how they help other uh, business owners like you. So feel free to reach out to them and connect further. That's it for the Dave Kittle Show now. And go ahead. If you like this, if you find this valuable, hit like, hit thumbs up on YouTube, hit the notification bell if you want to subscribe. That way you will get New episodes, when they're published, you'll get them on your phone right away, as well as on Apple iTunes or Spotify. And that's it for now on The Dave Kittle Show. Bye. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.